0: You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Our scripture reading is taken from Prophecies of Nahum, chapter one. The sermon is about the opening verses of the book. The scripture reading is verse one through 11. Nahum 1 verse 1 through 11, an oracle concerning Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkishite. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and maintains his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm and clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and dries it up. He makes all the rivers run dry. Bashan and Carmel wither and the blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him and the hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence, the world and all who live in it. Who can withstand his indignation? Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. The rocks are shattered before him. The Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. But with an overwhelming thought he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue his foes into darkness. Whatever they plot against the Lord, he will bring to an end. Trouble will not come a second time. They will be entangled among thorns and drunk from their wine. They will be consumed like dry stubble. From you, O Nineveh, has one come forth who plots evil against the Lord. And counsels wickedness. So the text for the sermon is verse one through three A of that chapter, Nahum one. An oracle concerning Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Alkoshi. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes Vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and maintains his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Yahweh and I'm counting to ten. One, two, in the very opening phrases of prophecy of Nahum. You are given a calling card of God, our Lord. He presents himself the way he wants you to know him. The way he is. He is a jealous God and avenging. He takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. Yahweh takes vengeance on his foes. And maintains his wrath against his enemies. Slow to anger and great in power. He will not leave the guilty unpunished. That's the way the Lord presents himself. Very literally the first letters of the opening phrases of Nahum's book form a sentence together. I am. And the final letters of those opening phrases, verse 1, 2 2, through 3a, of Nahum's book form a name together. Yahweh. I am Yahweh. The Lord presents himself. Is this God our God? The songs we like to sing about our triune God go like holy, holy, holy. But avenging and jealous and filled with wrath. Is that really how you want to know him? I mean, the world is mean and dangerous, but not our Lord, right? I know him as my God, my counselor, and I'm thankful to know him like that. I need his counsel to find my way. I need his comfort to support me whenever I'm sad or frightened. Sad when I see how vulnerable I am or the people I love. Confronted with illness and death, I flee to the Lord. Or if I'm afraid because I don't know how the future looks like. Well, or if I know that it looks dark. Why do we have to know the Lord as jealous, filled with wrath? The Lord presents himself as the one who is avenging. But the surprising message of the Lord is that it is exactly the vengeance of the Lord that is our comfort. Look, the prophet of the Lord has chosen his own name, Nahum. Nahum is Hebrew for comfort. Comfort, comfort my people, declares the Lord, and speak harshly to Nineveh, and proclaim to her that her hard service is to begin, that her sin will be paid for, that she will receive from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Here, the prophet of the Lord declares that the vengeance of the Lord is a comfort to the people of the Lord. Shall we listen today? If we still can hear the echo of discomfort for us. The Lord calls himself an avenging God, but it is clear from the beginning that his vengeance is an, an, an armor, a battle dress that he chooses to put on. I mean, the Lord is not the way we are. He's not a human among us. To avenge in our language means to take revenge. And revenge comes from being revengeful in your heart. That is waiting for that opportunity to strike. To strike in the form of slander or jealousy or revenge. And, and in our human system it is a never-ending disaster. Action calling for reaction. Revenge for new Revenge. And look, we need courses in how to deal with conflicts. We need mediators. We cannot do that ourselves. Contain conflicts. Negotiate. But he is the Lord. And it's his choice to dress himself in vengeance. Not as an automatic reaction, but out of divine free choice. It it suits him, this armor, no doubt. But it's a choice and a matter of justice that it has come thus far. God, for sure, is the only one who can truly say, but you started it. So the Lord rises to take revenge on Nineveh. On Nineveh. We know Nineveh. Nineveh is the city that Found mercy in the heart of God and the Lord followed his heart and sent his prophet. Now this prophet was a man named Jonah and he also followed his heart and traveled in the opposite direction. Away from Nineveh. Because no, Jonah knew the Lord and, and his, his, his endless, uh, being without vengeance, right? And indeed, the Lord knew Jonah well. uh, Jonah knew the Lord well. Because, in the end, the Lord indeed told him, Jonah, you've been concerned about a vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight, it died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned? about that great city. And that is how Nineveh had come to know the Lord. Compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Okay, Nineveh. But what if you have had your chance and chosen the right thing, as Nineveh did, but then again forget the Lord and become worse than animals as indeed Nineveh did. Nineveh was born, had converted itself, but the next generation forgets and acts like the old Nineveh all over again. All over the world in the days of Nahum, the behavior of that city is considered the example of lawlessness. Look, all, all armies torture, for example. That's the law of nature since fall. But the armies of Nineveh were like if they had had internet in those days, they would have published the footage of their tortures on the internet to let everyone enjoy, right? The cruelty of Nineveh was notorious, was demonic, Monic was crying to heaven. Then comes the day that the Lord has had enough. The countdown to the day of judgment. Will come for Nineveh. My name is Yahweh, and I am counting to ten. One, two, three. The Lord counts down. So, what about us? Do you dare to count with him? Do you dare to speak out loud that the Lord is right in his vengeance? Well, Nahum doesn't. Ah, that needs some explanation that remark, I guess. Let us focus on who he is. Nahum the Elkishite. Obviously, it seems to be he is the prophet with that name from that place. Elkosh. For sure. I admit that it is possible that his name actually is Comfort and that he comes from Elkosh, but if Elkosh in Hebrew actually means the Lord is severe, look, then I just have a sense that a prophet prophet presents himself pseudonymously with this business card of his. Except, of course, for that the pseudonym is not the right word, since that means under a false name. While comfort, the Lord is severe, actually proclaims the truth, right? So, although the Lord never speaks anonymously, this prophet of the Lord apparently does. Why? What else do we know of him? Now, Nahum was a man who knew the world he lived in. I mean, he just knew the culture of his days from the inside out. His book of prophecies is loaded with silent quotations from the literature of his days. He knows the cultic text from Assyrian tim Temples from Nineveh. He must have read the archives of diplomats, seeing the way he cites the terminology of feudal treaties of his days. And, and he uses words that we only know from throne speeches, which King Banipal and others have had chiseled into stone. And, and if you read Nahum close enough, you recognize that. This man knows his way around. In his world. So this Nahum is a prophet in the days of the Judean king Manasseh. This king does not really have a good name in the Bible. Because against the threat from Assyria, Nineveh, he didn't put his faith in the Lord, but in politics. Now, of course, this judgment of the Bible is correct. I don't doubt that. But if you, no, let's speak about me. If I had lived in the days of Manasseh, I probably would have approved of his tactics. I don't say it is good what he did. I only say that he does what I think 95% of the population would do. That is how we are. Faced with the terrible violence that comes from Nineveh. So, King Manasseh, we have reason to suppose... Nahum was an official in his government, in his administration, somewhere in the higher ranks of the Department of Foreign Affairs or so. This Nahum is a prophet in the year 660 before Christ, at least not earlier. Further on in his book, Nahum speaks of the fall of Noamon, and that is the city also known as Thebes in Egypt. Thebes fell for the power of Assyria in 663 B.C. And Nahum relates to this world-shaking defeat to predict the fall of Nineveh. So he can't have spoken before that, right? On the other hand, Nahum doesn't speak much later either. Well, there are uh, scientists who claim he did. There are those who claim Nahum prophesied as late as the days of King Josiah when everyone could predict the fall of Nineveh. Uh, I state that Nahum prophesies at the height of Assyria's power because the Lord counts down to the fall of his adversary at the peak of its power. So what about us? Do we dare to count with him? Does the church dare? Well then we would have to know what the Nineveh of our days is. What Nineveh do we fear today? Is it the threat of terror? Even the threat of Islamic world domination? So are we ready? For example, if we. Trade Nineveh for Mecca? I just don't think so. I read Nahum, and what I see is that we are invited to take a second look to our world at a deeper level. I think so because of how I read Nahum, an anonymous official, not trying to establish any open political agenda or hidden for that matter he is just speaking the words he has to speak the word of the Lord against that what his world fears so much that we are paralyzed by it Nineveh is not just Mecca Nahum teaches the church to have the courage to face our deepest fears not because we are strong and the other party is weak But because the Lord is strong and in his time he will demonstrate his power. So, to be like Nahum is to have the courage as church in Germany in 1934 to stand up against Nazism and say Jesus Christ is the only word of God we have to trust and obey in life and death. To be like Nahum is to have the courage to confess in New York after September 11, 2001. The only one who really fights a holy war is our Lord and no one else. To be like Nahum is to have the courage to say in Canada today, the question is not if there will still be a true church of Christ in Canada in another 50 years. The question is if there still will be enemies of Christ in the year 2059. You may object, but the church is not flexible enough. Uh, The younger members are too materialistic. Our government is too liberal. Stop. The Lord says... My name is Yahweh. And I am counting to ten. One, two, three, four. But wait a moment. You remember I started this sermon with explaining how the opening of Nahum's prophecies is like the Lord's calling card. I am Yahweh, the way in which Nahum puts his words, the form is telling you something about what he wants to say, his message. And that agreement between form and content, we not only find in the opening verses of Nahum's book, but also in the continuing verses, Uh, Nahum 1, verse 1 through 7, is an acrostic In this case, a poem of which the first letter of each line follows the alphabet. A is, B is, C is, etc. Well, again, this is in itself a matter of form, of poetry. Uh, Verse 3a starts with an A, verse 3b with a B, etc. Psalm 119, as you know, does the same with the whole alphabet. Psalm 105 as well, by the way. But if a poet or a prophet chooses this form, he implies something uh, with his choice. He he implies that you all can count with him. For example, Psalm 119, you can count along with the 26, that is the thousand and one ways in which the law of God makes you happy. And here in Nahum 1, you can actually count along with the wrath of the Lord reaching its completion. One, two, three, four. But wait a second. Look, that countdown comes to a halt halfway the process. In verse 7, the alphabetical poem ends. Halfway the alphabet. So, So what is happening? Well... Nahum opens with the statement God is an avenging God. I'm Yahweh, and I'm counting to ten, one, two, three, four, but ten, verse seven. Do you see what the message is that interrupts the countdown? I am Yahweh. And Yahweh is good. Do you see that? Verse 7? The prophet of the Lord has to interrupt himself amidst amidst a world of violence and And revenge. This has to be said. The Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Amidst all that we find life. Amidst the misery of human history. The Lord shows his goodness. The Lord can dress himself in the armor of vengeance. He has dressed himself in that armor. And he will dress himself in it. On the day of judgment. He has every right to do so. And everyone can see it coming. But. What he did not have to do. And what nobody could see coming. You know. The Lord has chosen to dress himself with our perishable flesh. He was clothed in our flesh in Jesus Christ. The Lord is good beyond reason, right from his heart. He is a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who know him. Do you understand what that means? If you're afraid, if you're afraid and looking for safety, the Lord calls your name and welcomes you. If you are sad and looking for comfort, the Lord calls your name and embraces you. Comfort. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue his foes into darkness. May 1, verse 8. The next words of prophet Comfort in 660 B.C words that everyone in his days could relate to. Words about that overwhelming flood. Because everyone remembered the victory of Nineveh over uh, Babylon in 689 BC when Sanherib the Assyrian redirected the course of a complete liver, river in order to wash out the ruins of a conquered city. Now Thirty years later, the Lord predicts, with an overwhelming flood, I will make an end of Nineveh. Now, of course, it is up to you what you want to believe. But 40 years later, it actually happened. In 612 BC, Nineveh was destroyed, and only in the year 1840, its remnants were found. The Lord is severe. The Lord is good, a refuge in time of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. This is the message of the Comforter of the Lord in the year 660 BC. And you know the Lord was already counting down the years until the incarnation of Jesus and his birth in Bethlehem. The Lord was already counting down the days until the overwhelming flood of his own wrath would make an end of Christ's life on Golgotha. But he survived. And he is still alive, A.D. 2009. And he will live forever. And judge on the day of judgment. Are you afraid? I am, sometimes. But not of God. So at his deepest level, I am not afraid. I believe. I know his love. I hope in him. So now we are counting down the years to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. These times are dark, as you will understand, you who know the Lord, as the God dressed in the armor of vengeance. But may I ask you, you who also know the Lord's goodness in Christ. To be witnesses of that very goodness of God. Spread the light of Christ amidst the darkness of the world. Don't be afraid to be a prophet of the gospel. God is with you. And he is still counting down. After the first coming of Christ Pathway history. My name is Yahweh. And I am counting to ten. Six. Seven. Eight. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Ten. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.